just want to make sure we're all on the same page. The Immaculate Conception is not the event described in our gospel today. The church did not make it easy on anybody by giving us this gospel. Theologically necessary, like this is where the theology of the Immaculate Conception comes from, but the Immaculate Conception does not refer to the Annunciation, where Jesus is conceived in Mary. It refers to Mary's conception, by the normal means, without sin. So just don't get your wires crossed today, otherwise the rest of this homily is not going to make sense. As I've said before, and as I continue to reflect on in my own reflections on Mary, nothing about the Blessed Virgin Mary does not speak to our salvation, which is to say, everything about Mary speaks to our salvation. It would be ludicrous, it would fulfill all of the the less-than-happy things that some of our Protestant brothers and sisters say about Catholics— if we just celebrated Mary for the sake of Mary. Instead, everything about Mary points not just to her son, but reveals something to us about her son and about the salvation that her son won for us. So today, we talk about Mary's purity. She was conceived without the mark of original sin. Why? Why did this happen? Well, normally we think about it as the fact that if we're going to have a vessel that carries God-made man, that carries the God-man, that carries our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the idea is that that vessel should be pure. It should not be corrupted by sin. Our Lord received his humanity through Mary. The Holy Spirit overshadowed the Blessed Virgin Mary, but it was biologically through her that he received his flesh. Now, all of our flesh is corrupted by the sin of our first parents. And so it wouldn't make sense for the Lord to receive his flesh from a corrupted source. Mary was protected from corruption so that she could be the source of the humanity of the Lord. Okay, so what does that tell us about our salvation? First of all, it tells us that God can save anybody however he wants. We are made clean, we are saved and purified through the saving waters of baptism. Baptism unites us to the Lord in his passion, death, and resurrection. But Mary was saved apart from that. She was saved by the same passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but in an anticipated manner. God said, yeah, I'm going to save all of these people by my death on the cross, but I know what I'm here to do. I know what I am going to be doing. I know how they were going to be saved. And so I'm going to take all of the merits, because God is outside of time, so he can do this. I'm going to take all of the merits of the crucifixion, resurrection, and I'm going to apply them to this woman who is going to bear the son who is then going to die on the cross. Again, God is outside of time. That's the only way this works. 
But it shows us the power of God. He can do whatever he wants. He can save whomever he wants, however he wants. And the Virgin Mary is, it's very clear. He said, look, she is my chosen vessel and I am going to purify her. But I think the more important thing that the Immaculate Conception tells us about our salvation is that God wants all of us to be as pure as the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we talk about Mary with a couple Old Testament analogies. The most important to me, I think, is Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant contains the Word of God. In it, Moses put the tablets that were inscribed on on the mountain. He puts them in the, the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant contains the Word of God. It also contains the manna from heaven. It contains a vial of the manna from heaven. And what is Jesus? Jesus is the word of God and the manna from heaven. So the Blessed Virgin Mary is the Ark of the Covenant. She contains Jesus. That's why she's the Ark of the Covenant. Well, if we continue that analogy, where does the manna go? What does the manna become? The manna becomes the Eucharist. The manna was an analogy that leads us to the Eucharist. Well, who contains the Eucharist? Where do we put the Eucharist? The Eucharist is in us. We become, in a sense, an image of the Ark of the Covenant. We contain within ourselves the Word made flesh, the Word of God. We become the vessel of God in the same way that Mary was the vessel of God. Now, we don't have to be preserved from original sin from our conception because Jesus doesn't take his humanity from us. But he does enter into us in the same way that he dwelt in the Virgin Mary. And so it makes sense that the Lord would want us to be as pure as the Virgin Mary is pure. It makes sense that the Lord would take all of the merits of the cross and the resurrection and apply those to us so that we can become pure vessels that can contain him. What the Immaculate Conception tells us about our salvation is that our salvation is just as effective as the salvation that he wrought in the Blessed Virgin Mary, because it has the same purpose, to make us pure vessels of the Lord, of the indwelling of God. We can see this in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. It's given to us today by the Church because it describes Mary, but it was written to the early Church. So it also describes us, and you could hear the double meaning that's given to us by its placement in the lectionary. Listen again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. He gave the Blessed Virgin every spiritual blessing that he had. He gives that to us as well. As he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Mary was explicitly chosen before the foundation of the world. That's the only way that she would be preserved from original sin. But he chooses us as well. From the foundation of the world, he knew that his purpose was our salvation. He knew that he would go and die on a cross to save us from sin. He chose to do that for us before we were ever in existence, just as he chose Mary before she was ever in existence to be holy and without blemish before him. That's what he chose us to be. He chose us to be pure, to be holy, to be without blemish. 
That is his desire for us in our salvation. Now, we are not Mary. Mary was given particular and special graces to be preserved from original sin from the moment of her conception without requiring baptism, to be preserved from personal sin throughout her life. Those are extra and beautiful special graces. But Mary is given to us not as an idol to be worshipped, but as the queen of all saints, as somebody who is like us in our humanity, towards whose example we aspire. We look to Mary because she is aspirational, because she is the perfection of everything that we are called to be. Today on her Immaculate Conception, we look at her as the one who is pure, so pure that she carried within her womb our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But we look to her again, not simply as an object of veneration, but as an example for us. We are called to be that pure, so that we ourselves can carry Jesus in us. But lest this become an invitation to Jansenism, remember it's an aspiration. It's what we're going for. We know that the power of Jesus, through the cross and resurrection, is powerful enough to make us that pure. The Lord can win that level of victory in us because he showed us that level of victory in Mary. When we fall short of the purity to which he calls us, to which the example of Mary calls us to aspire, when we fall short of that, we have the means to dust ourselves off in confession and then aspire once again. We can look to the example of the Blessed Virgin because she calls us constantly, constantly, to that level of purity. And we can use her as inspiration to continue to use the grace available to us through the cross to achieve that level of purity so we can be pure vessels of the Eucharist, vessels of Jesus Christ.